19 Av, Yud Tes Av, Tzaddik, His Conversations, 514. Someone told me, the Rebbe said, of a number of very great tzaddikim, that while in some measure they had the power to lead the world, their shortcoming was that they did not come from a line of tzaddikim. He likewise mentioned the number of tzaddikim whom he said did not have the ability to lead the world. He said it was like the letters at the time of the creation of the world, as described in the Midrash. It relates how the letters came before God, and each one wanted God to create the world through it. God answered each one in turn, You are very worthy and beautiful, but even so, I do not want to create the world through you. The same applies to the tzaddikim. Some of them are very worthy and beautiful, but even so, they are not able to lead the world. He said, When a candle is blown out, it becomes dark. When many candles are extinguished, it becomes very dark. The brighter the light, the greater the darkness which follows after the light has gone. Indeed, when the righteous Rabbi Gedalia of Linitz passed away, 1804, the light he brought to the world was extinguished. But the ensuing darkness was not all that great, as Rabbi Gedalia was like a small candle. He brought light only to those within the city of Linitz. And even after he was gone, the city's inhabitants remained good Jews. Rabbi Gedalia was not as eminent a leader as the holy Rabbi Sholem of Prabisht, whose light had a somewhat wider influence in the world. When Rabbi Shalom died, 1803, the darkness it brought was much greater. It was not for nothing that I was ill for three days after Rabbi Shalom's death. I knew it would be so. Actually, it is like the comedy of Achashverosh from the story of Purim, in which one of the characters is Mordechai. I have always wondered why this one is Mordechai and the other one Haman, etc. Yet, this is how the comedy must unfold, and this matter is no different. Understand this. The Rebbe also added, It is like taking a monkey and dressing him in pants and other clothing, just like a man. People hand the monkey money, and he takes it. It turns into quite an attraction, with everyone coming to give him money so they can watch how he takes it and puts it into his pocket. What happens afterwards? The monkey's owners take his distinguished clothing from him, and divide the money among themselves. Understand this allegory well. On this same point, he once said, I've known for some time that nowadays it is impossible to draw shefa, meaning great wealth, except by taking on some position of authority. Rabbi this Nachman's is wisdom. To see. His wisdom. 245. The Rebbe once spoke to me about innovating original concepts in the Torah. Speaking with wonder and awe, he said, from where does one get a new concept? When one is worthy of innovation, his original thoughts are really very wondrous and mysterious. From where do they come? In such an original idea, one can see a revelation of God as something is brought from nothingness to existence. At first, you do not know the idea at all. It still exists within the infinite in a state of nothingness. See his wisdom, number 143. This is the source of all wisdom. Every new idea is drawn from this source. Therefore, we see God's revelation with each new idea in Torah. I discussed this with the Rebbe and said, Don't I know this? Sometimes I must struggle desperately to innovate even a single word, while at other times the heart is opened and many new ideas pour forth. The Rebbe answered, Even this is a great wonder and mystery. 
It may take great effort to come up with even one original word, but this too is one of God's miracles, for what is the source of even this one word? If you have a desire for the truth and a heart to understand, you can literally see the reality of God's existence. If you yourself can originate new ideas, you certainly see God's revelation in them. But even if you cannot be innovative yourself, you can still see God's reality and greatness in the wondrous flow of new concepts found in our sacred literature. It is written, God's witness is faithful. Psalms 19.8 The Holy Torah is a faithful witness of God. This is discussed at length in my work, the Aleph book, Joy and Happiness, A. 21. Joy enhances the mind's comprehension. 22. A person's joy is a sign that he is from a lineage blessed by God. 23. Rain falls in the merit of bringing joy to a groom and bride. 24. God protects a person when he rejoices in performing a mitzvah. 25. By rejoicing on Simchat Torah, a person is rewarded with serving God out of love. 26. When happiness comes to a person spontaneously, clearly kindness and help are on the way. 27. By being happy, a person's fame spreads and he merits da'at. B. 1. A person who is always happy is successful. 2. Taking vows and pledging charity brings happiness. Two. Lesson number 9. 3. There also exist wicked people who are conceptually identified with the mixed multitude. When these people assail the heart, that is, the Jewish people, they are also like dust. For when dust and soot build up on the wick of a candle and the parts of the fire that are there from the element of fire become separated and they can no longer burn, this results in the extinguishing of the candle. This is why when a person blows on a candle, then his breath blows the dust or soot off the wick, the parts of the fire reconnect, and the candle once again begins to burn. Other times when a person blows on a candle, the candle goes out, since the wind blows on the fire and separates it from the wick. In the same way that a person can extinguish a candle by blowing on it, and separating the fire from the wick, the leaders of the generation must blow all the dust off the heart, that is, off every Jew. Then, the parts of the fire that are in each and every Jew reconnect, and the Jewish people join together to become the heart. Then, each and every Jew becomes the heart for that place where he needs to be the heart, and he once again burns for God in the proper fashion. Lesson number 10 for in joy you will go out. Isaiah 55.12 1. The sole reason why people are distant from God and do not draw close to Him is because they do not have a settled mind, that is, they fail to settle themselves. It is essential for a person to strive to think clearly about the ultimate purpose of all worldly desires and affairs, both those cravings for pleasure experienced by the body as well as those cravings for non-physical things, such as honor and the like. If a person can do this, then he will certainly return to God. 2. The main way to achieve and maintain a settled mind is by being happy. This is because when a person is happy, he can direct his mind as he wishes, and he can settle his mind to think about the ultimate eternal purpose of his life. 
for joy is the realm of freedom, and consequently, when a person binds joy to his mind, his mind is then free and not in exile, then he can attain a settled mind. 3. Through sadness and depression, however, the faculties of the mind and understanding are in exile, and it is difficult for a person to gain the presence of mind to return to God. It emerges, then, that depression is a very great barrier to serving God. When a person is happy, he becomes a free man, and he leaves his exile, as it is written, For in joy you will go out. Isaiah 55.12 Exile, on the other hand, causes the mind to be unsettled, as our sages of blessed memory said about the Ammonites and the Moabites. They had presence of mind because they didn't go into exile. As it is written, Moab enjoyed peace from its youth. It did not go into exile. Therefore, it kept its flavor. Jeremiah 48.11 Megillah Stories Two Palaces There are two types of intelligence. They are an aspect of before and after. Psalms 139.5 There is a type of intelligence that comes to a person in the course of time. The older he becomes, the more he knows. This is the concept of Days speak, Job 32.7. This type of intelligence is an aspect of after, since it comes after time has elapsed. For such intelligence, time is needed. But there is a type of intelligence that comes to a person as a sudden influx, shefa, in an instant. This type of intelligence is higher than time and does not need any time to develop. This intelligence is an aspect of before, in Hebrew, this is panim, which also means face. This is the concept of Jacob and the concept of the truth, alluded to in the verse, They seek your face, Jacob, Selah, Psalms 24.6. After the Sabbath of the portion of Vayechi, Rabbi Nachman said, At the third meal, Shalosh Sudot, there was revealed to me a specific remedy, Segula, for the pox. Take some chalk, then take an amount of soap weighing three times as much as the chalk. Make a bath from both of them and bathe the infant. This must be done as soon as the child begins to have a fever. If there is not a powerful decree against the child, it will be successful. However, if it is a powerful decree, heaven forbid, Reb Nussin's letters, year one, letter number 205, with thanks to God, Monday, Lech Lecha, 5596. Nemerov. My dear beloved son, I received your letter today. Text missing. I am presently in the middle of prayers before Uvalitzion and I cannot write much. The deliverer of this letter, your brother in law, my friend Rabbi Yosef, may his light shine, will tell you everything in person. Most likely you have already received the letter I sent you yesterday with the special carrier. Reb Shmuel Weinberg is presently here with his brother's whole wedding party. I need to speak to you as well, but I have no time. Just talk the matter over carefully with your brother-in-law and our real friends. Perhaps you will find someone to speak with him. Perhaps some salvation will sprout so that the fire will die down. May he who makes peace in his high places make peace for us and for all Israel. Amen. The words of your father praying for you, Nassan of Breslov. Letter number 206, with thanks to God, Sunday, Vayera, 5596, Nemerov. 
My dear beloved son, I received your letter on Friday from the bearer of this letter. Concerning the letter to the Rav, it is not known who he was. What I really intended was that there would be someone in your community who could speak to him as my advocate, along the lines of what I wrote in my letter. But since, from what you say, there is no one there to do this, I have considered my ways and turned to your testimonies to rely on God alone and take no action whatsoever. I definitely do not want you to deliver the letter yourself. I never even considered this. Still, I am returning you the copy which belongs to my son, Reb Shachna, may he live, so that you will have it. Maybe it will prove useful. Maybe there will still be someone who will direct his heart to heaven and take upon himself to try to diminish the machloket. God will do what is good. I do not have time to write any more. The deliverer of this letter will tell you everything in person. Thank God he is with us and in his kindness gives us much relief in the midst of our suffering. The carrier of this letter, Reb Nachman Tolchiner, will tell you about some of the sufferings and the favors. We have to fortify ourselves and start anew. I trust God that the good is really dominant and that all this is a great favor. We must fortify ourselves and start anew every day to follow the Rebbe's holy paths and to draw life and encouragement from God's amazing kindnesses that we merited to avoid being opponents of the point of truth. With this alone we can be alive and joyful even now until God grants us complete relief and we can leave behind our suffering entirely and everything speedily will turn into tremendous good, happiness and joy. The words of your father praying for you. Nussan's letters, year two. Letter number 455. It is impossible to imagine or to describe what is taking place with every single one of them every single day. Large numbers of them have sunk, God spare us, because they did not have someone who could truly encourage them. It is impossible to clarify and to know, however, what is actually happening with each person in this regard. This is precisely the reason for the antagonism directed at the people who hold on to the Rebbe's name and to his holy pathways. These people are assailed with great intensity precisely because they are still striving, hoping, and struggling to escape from the great waters which are constantly flooding in upon them. This is expressed in the verse, Psalms 88.18, All day they engulfed me like water, altogether they surrounded me. And similarly, Psalm 69.3, I have sunk in the deep mire, and there is nowhere to stand. I have come into deep waters, and the current has swept me away. There are many other similar verses. What can we return to God for all the favors He has bestowed upon us, that we merited to receive the Rebbe's holy words, which can also give life to you and to people much, much worse than you? Had God, God not been with us in this, we would have already perished in our destitution. If God had not helped me, my soul would at once have dwelt in the grave. You should know, my dear son, that the great fear, dismay, and depression that you experience as a result of your thoughts and your confused musing serve to strengthen, God forbid, the confused musing and evil thoughts, as is written in the Rebbe's holy books, especially in chapter 72 of the Kutei Muharan 1 and in the Kutei Muharan 2, 49 and 51 to 54. Look carefully at these chapters. 
It is explained there a number of times that a person does not need to pay the slightest heed to these thoughts. He should not look at them at all. And even if it still seems to you that they are surrounding you and they will not give you a chance to breathe, you should fortify yourself determinedly to say words of Torah or prayer, business or the like, and do not look behind you at all. The crucial thing is not to be afraid in the least because God is with you. As our master, teacher, and Rebbe of blessed memory said, Likutei Moharan 2, 48, A person must pass over a very narrow bridge in this world. The main thing is not to be afraid. The most crucial thing of all, though, is the great power of our master, teacher, and Rebbe of blessed memory. And you merited not to oppose him. What is more, you merited to be at his holy gravesite and in particular on Rosh Hashanah with the other members of his holy gathering. May your children too, and all your offspring, be counted among the holy gathering, which is called in his name of blessed memory. Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa, Rabbi Hanina ben Gamliel de Yavne, Rabbi Hanina ben Antignos, Rabbi Hanina ben Oshel Rabbi Yossi Haglili, Rabbi Hanina ben Antignos HaKohen, Rabbi Hanina HaGadol, Rabbi Hanina Kara, Rabbi Hanina Barhama HaKohen, Rabbi Hanina bar Akavia, Rabbi Hanina bar Pape, Rabbi Hanina bar Papa, Rabbi Hanina bar Shalka, Rabbi Hanina ben Agul, Rabbi Hanina bereder Rabbi Ada, Rabbi Hanina ben Torta, Rabbi Hanina Tirtaa, Rabbi Hanina bar Avahu, Rabbi Hanina bar Hillel, Rabbi Hanina misura de Prat, Rabbi Hanina misura, Rav Hanina bar Avdimi. Rav Hanina bar Bivi, Rav Hanina bar Manyumi, Rav Hanina bar Yosef, Rav Hanina Hanina ben Shmuel, Rabbi Hanina Ishtivon, Rabbi Hanina Hazakain, Rabbi Hanina bar Sisi, Rabbi Hanina bar Sarsi, Rabbi Hanina ben Sansin, Rabbi Hanina bar Isay, Rabbi Hanina ben Pazi, Rabbi Hanina Ketuva, Rabbi Hanina Antia. Rabbi Hanina bar Andare, Rabbi Hanina ben Uri, Rabbi Hanina ben Atal, Rabbi Hanina Baroka, Rabbi Hanina ben Izka, Rabbi Hanina Sidan Prayers 2, Prayer number 35 on the Kutei Moharan 2, 72. In your vast compassion, may the world always be guarded by the influence of the true leader, the one who is worthy of being the leader of all Israel. He will possess a covenant rectified with ultimate holiness and asceticism, comparable to the level of the holiness and asceticism of Moses. May his intense holiness and asceticism be drawn onto us and onto the entire Jewish people, and onto everyone who comes close to him. May we, even we, truly attain the holiness of the covenant. May we separate ourselves from lust with great holiness and purity, truly in accordance with your good will. Master of the world, Master of the entire world, you who are filled with compassion, recall your compassion, Hashem, and your loving kindness, because they are eternal. Act in accordance with your compassion. Act in accordance with your kindness. Act in accordance with your wonders. Act for the sake of your name that is applied to us, and rescue us from now on from the lust for sexual relations. Please save us from this pollution, this filth, the bitter, disgusting madness of this lust. 
Please guard me from evil fantasies, from evil gazing, from evil thoughts. In your mighty compassion and awesome kindness, have compassion on us. It is revealed and known to you that we want to do your will. But the leavening in the dough, the lusts and vanities of this world, prevent us from doing so. Because of this lust, we have lost what we have lost. As the Holy Zohar states, this desire is the essence of the evil inclination and of spiritual pollution. In your vast compassion, have compassion on us. Act for the sake of the true tzaddikim, who truly guard the covenant with ultimate holiness and asceticism. Send us new kindnesses that never before existed. Purify our hearts of every sort of fantasy and evil desire, and from this evil lust in particular, for what profit is there in my blood, in my descending to the grave? Will the earth acknowledge you? Will it tell your truth? You who are filled with compassion, you who are holy and awesome, you who do great things beyond comprehension and wonders without number, perform a life-giving wonder on our behalf and bring us back to you in complete repentance. Help us come close to the true tzaddikim who possess the holiness of the covenant to the ultimate degree. Through them, may the holiness and asceticism of Moses, which he drew onto the entire Jewish people when he received the Torah, always be drawn onto us. As a result, may we constantly receive the Torah anew. May we receive it from now on in ultimate truth, so that we will lovingly guard, perform, and fulfill all of the words of your Torah. May we meditate on your holy Torah day and night. Illumine our eyes in your Torah until we will create true insights in your Holy Torah every day, in particular on the Shabbat and festivals, which will constitute a great rectification for all of the parts of my soul, my nefesh, ruach, and neshama. By means of these insights and ex explanations of the Torah, may great fear and awesome shame before you be drawn onto me. May I fear you with a shame that rests upon my face, so that I will never sin again. Holy shame. Master of the world, grant me holy shame so that I will fear you and be ashamed before you always and never do anything that contravenes your will. Furthermore, when I want to perform a mitzvah, may I be profoundly ashamed before you because of the great and awesome nature of the mitzvah itself. How is it that someone as immature as I can have the privilege of performing a mitzvah which possesses a deeply splendid, precious, awesome holiness. The awesome holiness of every mitzvah is profoundly lofty and great. Who would dare boast that he is worthy of performing a mitzvah before you, may you be blessed? In particular, in accordance with our great distance from you as a result of our many sins and offenses, which everyone can recognize about himself, it is certainly fitting that great fear and shame should fall upon our faces when we want to perform some mitzvah. Who am I that I should seize the holy and awesome tefillin, which are the crowns of the king, and place them upon my deeply blemished head and arm, and wrap myself in the mitzvah of the garments of the king, the holy and awesome tzitzit? And the same applies to the other mitzvot. Each mitzvah is extremely holy and awesome. And before whom am I performing the mitzvah? Before the king, the king of kings, the holy one, blessed be he, awesome, fearsome, and mighty, whose greatness has no limit. If I possessed any true knowledge, 
great shame would certainly fall upon my face even at the thought of performing a mitzvah. And I should even experience great shame at the thought of putting food in my mouth. A person who eats someone else's food is afraid to look at that person's face. How much more should I experience great shame and fear so as not to commit any sin or transgression, or incur any blemish, heaven forbid? A sin has no connection to a Jew at all, because at their root, the souls of all Jews are entirely far from sin, and there is no sin relevant to the soul of a Jew at all. Master of the world, you who are filled with compassion, Help me come close to true tzaddikim and hear original insights and explanations of the Torah from their holy mouths. In this way, may great fear and shame before you be drawn on to me. May your fear be upon my face, so that I will no longer sin at all from now and forever. May the holy fear and shame that the entire Jewish people attained at the holy convocation on Mount Sinai when they received the Torah be drawn on to me always. As the verse states, may his fear be upon your faces, so that you will not sin. Master of the world, you who are filled with compassion, you who desire repentance, you who look hopefully to the wicked person and desire his reform, help me in your compassion, so that I will truly see my shame and guilt, until I will return to you in complete repentance from now on. Bring me back, and I will return, for you are Hashem my God. Our Father, bring us back to your Torah. Our King, bring us close to serve you. Bring us back to you in complete repentance. As a result of our repentance, may we attain true, eternal life. As the verse states, Do I desire the death of the wicked person, says Hashem God? Is it not rather that he repent of his ways and live? And, I do not desire the repentance the death of the person who dies, says Hashem God. Rather, let them repent and live.